Welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of the Unified Rules of Podcast. This is a big week, Edmund, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially, it's a big week for, I guess, hardcore MMA fans and casual fans alike, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, since it's a, it's a Connor fight, there's one funny thing that I've been wanting to say to you that I've been waiting for us to do a recording on to mention it. Okay. This is uh, the lead up to UFC 264 this week is basically it's that time again where everyone all of a sudden is Irish. St. Patrick's Day was a couple months ago. That joke seemed like it was going to go off way better in my oh. head, but the joke behind it is that because when Connor fights, everyone's holding up yeah, an Irish flag. True, true, and then... true. I, I, I misunderstood because he said again. So I was like, wait a minute. St. Patrick's Day is when everybody's Irish. And that was like three, four months ago. No, <laughs> oh, man, no, I'm no, sorry. That's, no, no, it's <laughs> oh, all good. Gosh. I mean, maybe if my delivery was better, then you would have gotten it. But this is a fight week where it attracts hardcores and casuals. And I was just oh, saying yeah. that it, it makes sense because you got Connor fighting who's the the mainstream star in our sport he's kind of along the lines of a chuck liddell or i guess from a couple episodes ago kimbo slice who just transcends into the mainstream yeah i mean i know everybody's excited for this fight honestly i am too just because it's like well i mean i guess we should just talk about it yeah yeah i mean uh, that's the whole point of this episode i mean right just given how i don't know about you but as far as scheduling wise i haven't really had the time to look at and research the rest of the card to really make predictions and just because i've been working a little bit more so it's taken away time from that but i figured we could at least give our thoughts on the main event obviously and just the types of storylines that are going into this fight and what are the things to try to keep an eye out for or keep in mind or look for? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, everybody could talk about McGregor all day, you know, <laughs> and especially how fast this trilogy came about. I just feel like they literally just fought a couple of weeks ago on the second fight. And then here we are with fight number three. And I'm like, you know what? This is kind of good that they're not even waiting. They're both kind of still fresh. They recovered from their last fight, and then they're going to have them go at it again. I'm like, this is this is rare, I feel like. As far as a trilogy happening so quickly or just yeah. having that quick turnaround? I mean, it's it's a little interesting that you're bringing that up because I sort of have a take on this as well. That okay. back in the day, for instance, when we look at Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, their trilogy, or we look at GSP and Matt Hughes, there was quite a significant amount of time that spread between all three of their fights. With Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, their first fight was in 2003, and then their second fight was two years later, and then the third fight was a year later. GSP, Matt Hughes, they fought for the first time in 2004. The rematch didn't happen until 2006, and then the third and final matchup was in 2007. So, I almost feel as though for the person who lost the first bout, the more time that passes by, it's better for them because that allows enough time for development to happen, for change to happen, and 
on the flip side of things, for instance, when you look at the first Frankie Edgar BJ Penn fight, they first fought in April of 2010 and then they rematched four months later. And at the time, I was thinking, I don't know if this is a good idea because it might be one of those things where you're rushing into it or just you you want the rematch and you want that win back so much that you're doing it before you're ready. Basically, that's the idea that I'm getting behind. Or Max Holloway and Jose Aldo, they fought in June of 2017. And then six months later, they had the rematch. And I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to go any differently for Aldo. And it didn't. So... I guess the thing that I think about with this fight is that is there enough time between the second and third fight for Connor to make any significant changes and change the outcome this time, as opposed to last time? I think so. I mean, I've just looked at some training videos he's been posting. Mm -hmm. He's going back to his old style, his karate stance. Okay, so so is he actually having that stance? Because that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this episode is that is his stance actually going to be different from a traditional boxing stance to a more karate one? I think so, because at least from the videos I've seen, and granted, this is just on social media, right? Who knows what they're really doing behind closed doors, but hmm. it seems like he is, you know, he's got that really narrow stance. He's having his low guard really lean back position you know the the are, are the his hands are, are his hands lower his body like around his waist or something yeah connor the thing with like mcgregor's style is i feel like it's all set up around counter punching and setting up his left hand mm-hmm. right says so he's in that southpaw stance and he's in that really weird karate stance right so yeah for me, it's like most of his kicks are really setups to for his left hand. Most of his everything's just centered around his counter left or driving his left hand through to knock you out. And that's when and that's when Connor has been at his most successful is when he was kind of that counter puncher taking that that low narrow stance that you were saying. Is that right? Right. Yeah, right. that was when he was the most successful was in those moments or the, yeah. when he was taking that approach as opposed to, I guess, post Floyd Mayweather, he took more of a boxing stance. Yeah, now that's the thing. It's like, I think afterwards where he switched more to his boxing stance, I think it left him more open to strikes. He didn't have the weird elusiveness that he had before he didn't have as fast footwork as he did before in his karate stance mm-hmm. he's more hunkered down he's more forward heavy not that there's anything wrong with that but it's like it doesn't fit his natural style more that's what so, I so when you're taking a more traditional boxing stance and i apologize to any listeners if we talked about this back when we reacted to 257 but basically when you're when you take a traditional boxing stance, you're more hunched over. So are you saying that doesn't make you as maneuverable or you're not able to be as quick on your feet? I'm saying the way Connor was standing, it looked like he was trying to work his way in. Mm-hmm. Whereas before his other stances, he was more upright 
and it looks like he's trying to like run away more mm -hmm. so i mean not that no one stands upright in boxing but the stance he was taking was more of like an aggressive brawling stance if you will uh -huh. Uh -huh. for his boxing stance and his karate stance was more like a traditional point fighting karate stance you know where like mm -hmm. you just shoot back and then boom that left hand comes and it hits you if you don't mind me asking how is it in the traditional karate stance one can be more light or quick on their feet than the boxing stance well he's not as forward heavy okay. he's a lot narrower so he has like less of a target He's standing more bladed off, so it's more like a narrow straight line oh, rather okay. than like he's not really giving you too many options to attack him, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of feeds into like he knows, all right, you're either going to kick me in the leg or try to shoot in and go for my head, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't really have much of a body to hit. When, just when you knowing, take the karate stance because yeah, you're narrow? Yeah, because he's so narrow, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So I think like when Connor was doing that, most people would either try to go for a leg kick, which he knew would come and just defend, or they shoot for his head, which he just back up and shoot his left hand, right? Uh, you mean try to punch his head? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Now, now l let me ask you this, because this is a question that just came to mind. And I'm sure there's not one general answer, but just to get a better idea of this. When you have a traditional boxing stance within MMA, is it easier to be taken down? If if your opponent goes, I think for that's a, a no, man. I like it, like that's the a, boxing. Wait, what do you mean that's a no? You would stand that way to stop takedowns a little easier. Okay. If you look at like a lot of people from like a kickboxing background or a karate background, they're a lot more upright. Just because you don't want your head too close to like your other your your opponent's leg, you know? yeah. So they're a lot more upright. That means like your center of gravity is going to be a little higher too. So basically, what you're saying is that if you had a karate stance, it would be easier to take you down because you're more narrow. Theoretically, yes. Okay. Okay. Originally, when I was asking you this question, I thought by taking that boxing stance it would make one more prone to getting taken down. So that's why Habib was successful in it when they fought. But based on what you're telling me now, I understand it makes sense why Connor took that boxing stance because of the takedown ability of Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. And again, good luck defending a takedown from Khabib, right? I mean, <laughs> one thing I will say about that fight, and I don't want to go too much off topic here. Mm -hmm. I will say this. Connor was doing a good job in the beginning of the fight. In, in the early parts of the first round, he was actually defending the takedowns pretty well, and he was actually stuffing some of them. And also, if you look at the statistics for that fight, Habib only got three out of seven takedowns. And that's a testament to his skill. But the thing, the reason why Habib was able to get the takedown was because we talked about this in a previous episode. He just keeps trying. He just stuck with it until he eventually got down Connor to drain him. Right. And that leads into another point for McGregor. You're going later into this rounds. fight? Going into this fight and going into every one of his fights. I feel like his conditioning has always been in question. 
Yeah, I mean, there's granted he's gone the that. distance. He's all he can go the distance. We know that, but mm-hmm. he slows down a lot compared to his earlier rounds. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's even the storyline, or that's the thing going into this third matchup is still people are making the prediction or thinking, okay, if this fight ends in the first or second round, it could be Connor. But if it goes later than that, then basically the longer the fight goes, the more likely it is that Dustin will win or the better Dustin's chances are. Right. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, I guess the point that I was trying to get at when we're talking about the rematches or talking about the trilogy fights is that I guess one thing that I wanted to point out was that it seems as though back in the day, there'd be more of a gap in between rematches where in modern day UFC for probably for marketing and money reasons, these rematches happen a lot sooner. And I guess I'm just of the opinion sort of along the lines of the example I mentioned with BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar, I'm not so sure if that's a good idea because you might just be rushing into it. I mean, it's it's kind of along those lines of, oh, I'm so angry, so I'm going to charge at this guy, but you don't realize, hey, there's a trap there that you're going to fall into. And because you're so gung-ho about going after this person, you don't realize that you're going to fall into the trap, and then you do. So that's all. I mean, I don't know if this is a little bit of a rush thing because... Okay. What, what 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 were you gonna say? I don't think it's rush. It it just seems like a good opportunity for both. Okay, because I feel like McGregor's camp felt like they lost because of a tactical error. Mm-hmm. They were prepping like they were prepping for a Khabib or a Mayweather fight, when instead they should have just went back and prepped like it was a normal MMA fight against another contender right Mm -hmm. now so now they're like oh shit okay you're still in shape you didn't take too much damage okay let's just retool the game plan and then now we also know got a feel of how portier moves again the new portier portier 2.0 yeah we got a feel for that so now let's go for it before he gets even better but but here's the thing i yeah but i i I get like that I think that's the mindset they're coming from. That's why they took the fight so soon. Plus, McGregor's relevance in this sport right now because he hasn't fought for a belt in, like, a while, you know? So so this is the idea that they get Conor a win, so then it builds up his momentum and that he can get put right. into the title fight. I right. mean, I will say I do think that whoever wins this bout will get the next lightweight title shot. Honestly, Dustin Poirier should have been in that title fight already. It's just he wasn't in that back in May because he chose to fight Connor a third time. So so there is, I mean, okay, I see your point. I understand it. And this is something that I like about this episode is that we're kind of debating and having a little bit of a back and forth right here. So I, I enjoy that. And I guess I see the claim that you're making about Connor's camp retooling and figuring stuff out. But I mean- Calf kicks played a big role in Dustin winning their second fight. And I mean, how much will Connor be able to improve upon the calf kick problem? Because I mean, as you can imagine, 
having a year or two to work on that is a lot better than having six months. So it's kind of along the lines of how much can that change? And also going into this fight, I don't think Dustin is just going to rest on his laurels or just do the exact same thing that he did in the second fight. Surely, and he has a good camp. He's a very talented fighter. And I think that Dustin is the best fighter in the lightweight division minus Habib Nurmagomedov. If Habib's not there, he might be the best lightweight in that division. But the point that I'm trying to get at is that, do you really think that Dustin is not going to change anything and just do the same thing that he did for the second fight? You don't think there's going to be some variations? Because surely he knows that Connor is going to do some things differently or he's going to prepare differently. So that means we need to do something differently. I don't think his camp's going to have anything too crazy different. Here's the thing. Dustin? Dustin, yeah. Because if you think about it, I feel like going into that second fight, they were expecting Connor to be in his karate stance already. They were expecting him to have that weird, his weird style where he throws a weird amount of spinning kicks to set up his left hand and he'll come in and counter you. Or like if you try to hit him, he'll just slide back and then hit you with his left. I think they were preparing for that, which is why they work so much on the leg kicks to get rid of his movement, to get rid of all the weird spinning kicks. So they kind of get rid of like McGregor's mobility, right? And what you're saying that- What happened though was like, McGregor made their job easier for him by being front heavy in that boxing stance and putting and, that leg out there. Yeah. And mm. where he couldn't just pick it up. Now, okay. So now coming in to this third fight, I think they know that. They're like, okay, we're going to prep like we did the first time. Now, the only thing that's different is we know that he knows we're going to do this thing. So I think that's why they also agreed to take this fight so soon instead of going for the title, too. A, it's the money, of course. Well, B, yeah, of course. It's like, yo, if you're just going to go back to like the way you were before, we were already preparing for that. So I think they're confident they can beat him again with Conor at his best because that's what they were prepping for during that second fight. So you're making the claim that this is what Dustin's camp is thinking? I believe so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I, here's the thing. I don't know if this episode was turning into you're making a case for Connor. I'm making a case for Dustin. I guess we're seeing. Oh, no, bo- here's, no, a, no, no. here's, yeah, here's yeah. the thing. I will never, I will never cheer for that man. Same, same, same thing here, man. Let, I mean, I'm, me trying, to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be as objective about this episode as possible, but you know, <laughs> if you were to ask my personal opinion, and we talked about this in the 257 reaction one is that, I'm not a big fan of Connors. So, Neither I mean, am I. but that doesn't mean I'm going to be on this podcast just bashing him because that's right. not being analytical or objective. I mean, I guess the the thing that the, I guess the retort that I'm sort of or not even a retort, but another aspect I'm thinking about this is that Dustin is able to make adjustments and I think we saw that in their second fight where he was able to stay calm collected and keep working on things so that eventually that opening came to the point where he actually won that bout. So, and, and, and Dustin's with American top team. So he's got a good team behind him and I feel he'll be very 
well prepared for that fight. I mean, that's not to say that Connor can't win because he absolutely can. I agree. It, oh, it is yeah, yeah. Be a close fight. Both of them are at a really good place, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing you can kind of question is like, is McGregor hungry enough to win this like he was early on in his career where he he was just super hungry and just knocked everyone out? Well, you know? that's the thing that people are talking about is that I guess before I get into that as far as what Connor's approach for this fight would be, the thing that I was going to say is that I don't know about you, but at least for me, whenever Connor fights, there's always this impending, there's this impending wonder or dread whenever Connor fights or impending jubilation. And what I mean by that is this if you're indifferent to Connor, then you'll be very curious and excited to see how things play out. You're not necessarily rooting for him to win or lose. You're just trying to see, okay, what's going to happen, see how he does. And just generally speaking, some analysts, they'll have the opinion that things are more exciting when Connor fights or MMA is more exciting when Connor fights. If you're a fan of his, then, and you just believe in this guy's ability, you just think, oh yeah, for sure, this guy's going to win. And there's no way he can lose or just this will be a moment where Connor comes back to prominence, sort of like the Donald Cerrone fight leading up to that. Or if you're not a fan of Connor's, and I've experienced this too, there's this impending dread because I guess this is going to sound kind of crazy or weird, but the more he wins, the stronger he gets. And I guess that from, from a marketing standpoint, from a marketing and negotiation standpoint, because for instance, at the beginning of 2016, when Connor was coming off that Jose Aldo win, dude, he was at the peak of his powers. He would just could ask for anything and the UFC would do it. And then, you know, he fought Nate Diaz, lost that. And then he built his way up and you would think, okay, against Eddie Alvarez, at least for me, Eddie Alvarez is really skilled and then he'll give him problems. And I was hoping that Eddie would win. But then as the fight was playing out, you think, oh shit, Eddie's not doing well. And at least for me, I'm thinking, oh God, please, please not Connor. Don't win that fight against Eddie Alvarez. And then he did. And then once again, from a negotiation standpoint, he had the UFC in the palm of his hands. He could call the shots with the company. So when I say when he wins, he gets stronger or the aura grows or it gets harder to control him. That's what I'm talking about with Connor. And I think all those factors go into this fight, whether you're a fan of his, you're not a fan of his, or you're indifferent. Yeah, definitely <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on like a long. No, spiel, no. But I mean, I, I agree because mm -hmm. now the general consensus is if he loses this fight he's he's not going to be relevant anymore as far as a prime he's not gonna Connor, be, yeah he's yeah he's done. not going to be yeah he's not going to be the face of mma anymore his time as the face of mma being a household name would be over yeah so, i mean i've been hearing stuff about that 
Now, is that true or not? I don't know. I feel like he would find something else. We'll probably see him in like Fast and Furious 10 or something at this rate. But assuming he loses and he doesn't fight anymore. But I mean, that's that's a thing. It's like I'm questioning because now, especially nowadays, a lot of former fighters, former wrestlers, former athletes, they're going into entertainment, which makes sense. It's it's the same skill set almost of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And McGregor's a great showman, which is why I totally hate him as a fighter. <laughs> you know, and is that his it's like how hungry is he? He has the backup plan set up already. He's already a name. I'm sure any game show would love to have him as like a host or a judge. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that'd be like just entertainment for seasons and seasons and seasons. It's like he's got that in the back. How bad does he want to win? Because I mean, I'll be honest, I think he can win if he wants is bad enough. I think he can up his game and still be very elusive and land that left hand and knock out 48. Do I want that to happen? No. Do I think it's going to happen in this fight? No. Will I be rooting for that to happen? No. But there is that possibility that it could happen. Well, yeah, and that it's interesting that you're saying that because the thought that just came to mind for me was that I'm not sure if I subscribe to the notion that Connor is going to be done after this. I mean, because MMA is crazy and you never really know how things turn out. For instance, hypothetically speaking, if Connor were to lose on Saturday and then we think this is the lowest of the lows and then a couple years later, he's champion again. That could very well happen. I mean, at the very least, I will say that it would be a big blow to Connor's career from an athletic standpoint. And as being that elite fighter, it would definitely take a hit, basically, if he were to lose. Whether he's done, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But at the very least, it's not going to help him if he loses this fight. So here's my opinion. Again, he's got so many backup plans for his career if he does lose. So I think I... I, Sorry, go, go. So that's 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 why I think like if he does lose this, he's probably not going to get a good fight for a while. You know what I mean? If he does lose uh, against anybody, caliber fighter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's like, is he content with just working his way back up from the bottom again? I don't think so, because he could make more money hosting like Dancing with the Stars or something. Yeah, or appearing or being on in Fast with and the Furious stars. Ten. Mm-hmm. Dom could have another brother who's Irish. Dominic Toretto could have another secret brother (laughs) in the form of Conor McGregor. You you never know. Well, yeah. So, so are you getting at the fact that he may have a lot of, he may be in a state of comfort in his life that he doesn't have that sort of hunger and drive that a fighter just starting out would have. Yeah, I think so. Because dude, just look at him man he's dropping his belts to do boxing he's it's like come on no no i I get what you mean because i mean i don't know if this is entirely relevant but for instance isaiah thomas he was on the detroit pistons and for him he talks about the moments when he knew his career was over just basically he was in orlando and he's chilling by the pool and then 
he's looking at his watch because they're about to go to practice and he just had the mentality and the mindset of I don't want to go to practice. So yeah. when you reach that, I guess it's, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is when you reach that level of comfort, I guess there's some ammunition to the idea that it's hard to put in the grind of training. And right. in Isaiah Thomas's case, basically the way I describe it is that he knew it was over when chilling by the pool sounded like a lot better of an idea than going to practice where in Connor's situation, it could be that he's made a lot of money and he has all these different ventures. Yes. Is that his pool side that will prevent him from going through an entire training camp? And I think so. It, it also goes into like the pay thing, which mm -hmm. the Paul brothers keep tweeting about. And yeah, it's true. Which, which I sent a message to you about that. Yes. But I give him credit for donating to that GoFundMe. But it's like, it's true. UFC fighters don't get paid a lot. McGregor made more losing to Mayweather than he did winning mm -hmm. against some of his more iconic, like he, he made more losing to Mayweather than he did beating Jose Aldo. It's like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> so it's like, it's, I don't think he's, he doesn't seem like the guy who would stop working, but it's like, dude, if I can make millions on dancing with the stars and not break my back, so to speak. Yeah. I'd rather do that than well, waste my time at the UFC fighting a nobody for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing that I was going to get at or what I was trying to get at too, is that when I say like, oh, is Connor willing to go through the training camp? I'm not alluding to the fact that he's lazy and he doesn't have work ethic or that if he was fighting, he wouldn't train or prepare it properly. But what I'm saying is that if Connor loses on Saturday, it may be a situation where if he does want to be an elite fighter, he'd have to start from the bottom or near the bottom and work his way up. And the thing that I'm getting at, and I think that you're getting at, is that is he willing to do that when he's done all the things that he's done in his career and made the amount of money that he is? And, you know, eventually age also plays a factor just as far as sometimes it just gets to a point I want to spend more time with my family. So I guess what I'm saying is that starting from the bottom, working your way up, it's not easy. I'm saying it's easier to commit to that when you're 23 and have nothing as opposed to like 33 having made millions. Yeah, I totally agree. And even like someone like Randy Couture. Yeah. I feel like he's lost and he's made comebacks multiple times. But Randy Couture, I feel like at the time, had nothing else but MMA, well, so he well, didn't have a choice. Well, I there was like. also that that competitive desire because you know he retired in 2006 after fighting Chuck Liddell, and then he started getting that itch again. And, and right. there was there was just an interesting there's just there was just an interesting circumstance that played into leading into that Tim Sylvia fight where okay, I want to come back because I can compete and everyone's thinking that I can't beat Tim Sylvia because he's bigger and younger than me. So that was a lot of motivation. And who knows? Maybe Connor goes into this fight and he's motivated and he wants to prove people wrong. So that's why he succeeds. But it's just, it's a lot of questions. One thing that I can't help but think about is that, and I thought about this a few minutes ago when you made a statement, Edmund, is that one of the things going into this fight 
is the idea of has Connor been too nice recently? Basically, because he's been very cordial and very respectful, very mild mannered at press conferences, interviews, and all that stuff for the most part against Cerrone and then Poirier earlier this month, uh, earlier this year, rather. So, one of the things that I was thinking about is that will he be more braggadocious and crude leading up to this fight? And will there be that sort of no more Mr. Nice Guy sort of thing going into this third Poirier fight? It's a persona. I mean, I understand that, and I hate it, but I know no, he's putting on a show, uh, I feel like. I know that, but like what I'm saying, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that is he going to adopt that? I, th- I feel going, like he or will. Is he already doing that? I feel like he will. If he wins, he'll go back to that. No, no, no. I'm talking about before the fight happens, like, oh. like this week as interviews happen and press conferences and all that stuff. Man, I need to keep up more with like the media stuff, especially with a fighter like McGregor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of fighters now too, the media aspect and the mind game act aspect is like so big. Oh yeah. I mean, that's and part of the reason why that's part of the reason why Connor was so successful and particularly bringing this back to this upcoming Poirier fight. That was one of the reasons why Poirier lost that fight was because he would hear the things that Connor said and he would get so worked up about it, get so angry. And it just, it fatigues you, you know, that type of stress yeah. just, fatigues you and also when you combine the weight cut that Poirier used to make for featherweight which is their first fight was at featherweight which uh, in case people don't know the weight limit for that is 145 and that was actually Dustin Poirier's last fight at featherweight before he moved up to lightweight where when they fought in January of this year that was at lightweight so that's another thing that is at least in my book it's helping Poirier's chances is the fact that he's not cutting all that weight like he was the first time when they fought. Right. Well, McGregor hates cutting weight too. That's why he also moved up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that I guess if we're looking at the skill level, if we're going to use the most recent fight as an example, okay, okay, if Poirier is better than Connor and they're both fighting at the same weight class, because Poirier is more skilled, then that means he'll win. Now, I'm just saying this as a hypothetical and just going based off the second fight because their first fight was seven years ago almost. You know, it's not it's not entirely relevant, especially when they had a rematch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if okay, but, but there's just going fact- to the yeah. I, I just want to say real quick, but there is a chance that Connor goes into this fight like he did the first time they fought as far as his stance or his approach and having that drive and that may make him win. So it's it's all to be determined, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think this one is definitely going to be more of a mind game battle. It's like mentally, where are these two fighters at? You know? Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that in the second fight where... Uh, yeah. there, was, there was an instance where, for instance, Dustin was pointing at Connor and saying, hey, I got you, or just kind of alluding to, hey, this ain't, this ain't like last time. Right. Yeah. And definitely the longer the fight goes, the more confidence Poitier is going to get, and also mm-hmm. the more tired McGregor is going to get. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had to call it, I definitely have my money on Poitier. Okay, okay. Just because 
he was prepping for the best version of Connor already coming into the second fight. Yeah. He's got a feel for how Connor currently is. And I don't think like tactically just changing up your stance is going to do too much because they're re-prepped for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm again, kinda... he's shown he can be focused and work on the game plan. So I think they have a game plan to take Connor out and they're going to stick to it and they're going to win. So yeah, probably so... decision victory. I'm in the same boat with you where I'm going with Poirier and this isn't a situation of me flip-flopping because if y'all remember 257, I said Poirier when everybody or a lot of people were saying Connor. So I'm sticking with Poirier just because as far as skill set, I feel as though Dustin is more well-rounded. He has more, more tools in his toolbox and also just, given the fact that because there's such a quick turnaround between the second and third fight, I don't know if that's really going to make a difference because like the examples I shared with you, when these people, these fighters had immediate rematches, it didn't go well for them or just it's both the, the concept of time to improve and then being able to go into it with the best mindset. So that those are the reasons why I'm going to go with Poirier. All the skill stuff aside, I just feel as though I feel confident in my choice with Dustin, but I do foresee a situation where Connor may, in fact, win this bout. And it's just like I said, yeah, there's, there's, that impending, there's that impending dread that I told you about where I'm thinking he may actually win this one or just I really hope he doesn't win this one or just. And that's just me personally, because like I said, I'm not a fan of Connor. So for right. me, I'm just thinking like he can win. He could, that could very well happen. And it's just going to be, I don't know, problematic, I guess. I don't know. But once again, and I feel like I need to make this disclaimer important. That's if you're not a fan of Connor. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, I need to find some Connor fanboys and just be like, yo, what do you think? But I well, think they're I, all in for Connor winning. Just well, yeah, because... I mean, I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion about it. It's just all we can do is give our take on it. I think we're being objective as we possibly can about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all going to be very interesting to see how this fight plays out. And there's a lot of things going into it. And just there's a lot of excitement going into it because everyone wants to see how is this going to turn out. So the only other thing that I was going to say is that I haven't had time to make an official prediction about Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. I will say that I can see both guys winning it. And it's really hard for me to tell who's going to win just because I can see a case for either one of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I myself need to do some research just because with everything opening up, geez, people are flying into the gym. Mm -hmm. And also I'm an actor, so it's like I got so much work going well, on. Well, that's that's part of the reason that's part of the reason why we haven't been able to research this is because you know yeah. you've been getting more gigs, I've been getting more gigs, and productions are opening up. So that's it's just it takes up that time, you know? Yeah. But Gilbert Burns and Steve, like I love Stephen Thompson, you know, Wonder Boy. He has his karate style with all the kicks. His striking is so clean and it's varied and it's exciting to me. Mm -hmm. I want him to win, but based on my gut feeling, I don't think he will win. I honestly can't make a prediction because I don't like to make predictions without really researching it. 
I mean, that's fair. And just, to be fair, I haven't, but it's like, it's a striker versus a grappler matchup. And Gilbert Burns also has more power too. And those mm-hmm. things tend to favor a grappler more. So yeah. just based on like a topical gut feeling analysis, I, I have to give it to Gilbert Burns. I'm just uh, saying that now it's just totally like gun to my head. I had to pick one. That's what I pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that goes. But as far as the main event, as far as official predictions, we're both going Poirier, correct? Yes. Oh, All right. Yes. All right. So Please. I'm not. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that fight. Yeah. I mean, it should be a good fight and hopefully no shenanigans in and out of the cage. <laughs> I can't help. I can't help but think of uh uh, I just got that. I can't help but think about 257 and just how I was on point with all that. And I'm kind of curious to see if I'll be right about this matchup between them two, like I was at the beginning of 2021. Yeah, I think I I hope Connor goes down. And that's yeah. just me saying that. <laughs> all right, cool. So yeah, it's fight week. Hopefully everybody enjoys the fights and it should be a lot of interesting stuff that's coming up. So that's our take on 250, not 257, sorry. That's our take. Yeah, that's our take on UFC 264. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to our thoughts. And if you wanted to share your thoughts about this upcoming fight, this event, you can leave us a like or a comment on our social media. Our Instagram is at Unified Rules Podcast. And then our Twitter is at Unified Rules PO1. There's a capital U at the beginning. And you can also email us at Unified Rules Podcast at gmail.com. So it'll be exciting. We'll see what happens with the fights.